1: What does
2: intercession mean? It simply means this, praying for others. To intercede is actually to stand in the gap between those that are in need. I like the way this is put. Intercession is like building a bridge between God and the people we are praying for. So here we are. We're praying for a person over there, but we're praying to God to make a bridge for them. We pray to God to minister to them and God
0: ministers them. Is that amazing or what? What do you think about prayer? Do you think that it matters in your life? Do you pray for other people? Well, the Apostle Paul sure did. You can read in his letters to the churches where he talked a lot about he's praying for the people he was writing to. Pastor Mark will be teaching about prayer too today. He'll be talking about God's view of prayer and why you should be praying for yourself and mainly for other people. You'll discover how you can affect other people's lives for now and for eternity if you pray, and how God's hands can be tied somehow if you don't pray. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 1, as he begins his message, Prayers and Thanks for a Healthy, Growing Church.
2: We're glad to have you with us. We begin, actually begin, uh, First Thessalonians today. It's about two-thirds of the way through the New Testament. Again, we'll be in chapter 1 today. Now, as we begin chapter 1 in Thessalonians, let me give you that quick background. Most scholars believe Paul stayed there about three months, starting a brand-new baby church. Now, remember, in that church where we don't know the exact numbers, probably 20% of maybe Jewish people who finally knew that there was a Messiah and they believed it. The other probably something like 80% were pagans. They were Romans. They worshipped idols. They, They didn't know anything about a living God. Now, after Paul left, remember there was riots. The other Jewish people who didn't believe in Jesus thought Paul was a, basically a heretic. They came after him. He escaped to Berea. Timothy and Silas remained for a short time. Then they went up and joined Paul and Berea. And then after a while, Paul sent Timothy back to this same church in Thessalonica to help the young church. We don't know how long he was there, maybe six to 12 months. And after that 12 months, Paul had moved to Corinth. So he went to Corinth And he said, Paul, I got to tell you what's happening in this new baby church. It's unbelievable. And he gave him all the history of changed lives, things happen. And so Paul sits down in Corinth and he writes an update. He wants to thank the church. So just picture me as Paul and you as the baby infant church. You're hearing from the guy that started the church that you belong to. So he's going to encourage him. And this is the first epistle Paul wrote in the New Testament to this church. You know, when he wrote to a lot of other churches, he had to say, man, lots of stuff is wrong here. But this was a church he was so proud of. Now, this church was real people. Are you a real people today? Are you real people? Three of you are real people. The rest of you, you know, you must be artificial intelligence. Let's see. No, you're real people. And they were experiencing real problems. The town, 200,000 people, were not friendly to Christianity at all. Does that remind you of anything? Hello? Is our church getting more friendly to Christians all the time? I know exactly the opposite, right? So you can identify with these people. Our world is becoming much, 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 much more secular. Now, Paul writes to help us learn how to live here today And then, how to live in heaven forever. See, we have to have a dual kind of mindset. We're here for a period of time. We're pilgrims. We're passing through. This isn't our home. But we want to change people's lives like ours was changed. Because we're going to live somewhere forever. Heaven with God or hell separated from God. So that's the mentality. Here's the title of our teaching. Notice this whole series that we're doing. Live here today and then live there in heaven forever. Some of you heard it maybe said like this, strength for today, bright hope for tomorrow. Now, God's goal and my goal today, when you leave this building, I want you to be encouraged. Does anybody here like to be encouraged from time to time? Let me see your hand. Yeah, exactly. And you're going to leave encouraged by God. And you're going to be encouraged by me because I'm going to teach God's word. God's word is encouraging. I just talked to somebody recently, and they said their relative there just passed away. And he said, is it true? Absent from the body as a Christian, present with the Lord. Yes, that's encouraging, isn't it? You say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm not dead yet. You will be. So we want to live what? Today in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So be encouraged as you listen to this as we go through the teaching. It's very simple. But you need to know what was Paul trying to say to the people. So here's three things. You don't have to write them down. Here's what we're going to see as we go through this. Number one, Paul writes to praise and encourage The believers for their spiritual growth in spite of the very difficult time. We just keep going because the church of Jesus Christ will never be defeated. We just have to keep going. And then second, he instructs them how to live a holy life and become more like Jesus right where they are in that difficult situation. Number three, to correct any misunderstandings in their beliefs, especially about the second coming, of Jesus. Now, let's say Paul stayed there three months. He couldn't have gone through everything in deep, and we will do that as we move through. There was a misunderstanding, and we'll talk about the rapture. We'll talk about the second coming. We'll get into the book of Revelation, show you what's coming. You say, well, Pastor Mike, that's all stuff in the future. Hello, it's in your future. It's in my future. We need to understand it, and God will do that. Now, actually, what you're going to see, every chapter in 1 Thessalonians, Paul ends talking about the second coming of Jesus, because that's the very next thing that's going to happen. Now, chapter 1, it's a picture of a young, healthy, growing church, really young, filled with lots of babies who don't know a lot. So Paul begins with an encouragement. Look at verse 1. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's a common saying that Paul would do. Grace and peace to you. So just picture me this morning. You're the church. I'm Paul. And I'm just saying to you, grace and peace to you. Now, that simply meant this. He was reminding them that when they came to Christ, God gave them not only salvation, but he gave them the gift of grace and the gift of one other thing, peace with God. Now, he's reminding them how they got saved. He isn't saying, thanks for working hard, you're good religious people. No, he said, God saved you because of his grace. What is grace? Unmerited favor provided for the forgiveness of sin. Now, you have to experience grace before you get peace with God. Does anybody here needed God's grace in the last week? Okay, the others of you need to get saved. Okay, now let's move on. How many needed God's grace yesterday? How many this morning? Yeah, I saw you arguing with your wife in the car. (laughs) Aren't you glad we have God's grace? 24-7. Say, well, I really don't need it. Oh, yes, you do. We have grace. Now, after you have grace, you have to have grace first, because that makes us Christians. Then what do we get? Peace with God. Well, oh, Pastor Mark, what do you mean by that? Before you were a Christian, we were against God. There was enmity. We were separated from a holy God. We had our sins. Sin separated us. So when you become a believer, by grace, not by your works, we get peace with God. He now calls us what? His sons and daughters. That's fantastic. And later, there's something we also get. We get the peace of God. When we're going through all kinds of stuff, we have the peace of God to walk through those things. Now, the Bible says it like this. Look at Romans 5. Paul writes this as well. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus is known in the Bible as a prince Of peace. And he's the one, that message of salvation is actually called the gospel of peace. So first thing to write, be encouraged. You heard that word already. Grace and peace are personal gifts from God to every Christ follower. See, you and I, not because we're better, but just because we're different. We're different than the world. The world doesn't understand grace, never tasted of it. Remember we sang the song, I Tasted of You, God? There's nothing that satisfies but God. Nothing. And they certainly don't understand when you're going through this peace. They don't have peace. They're searching. They're trying to find something. Now, let's read verse 2. Paul says this. He's like he's saying it to you. I'm saying it to you. We always thank God for all of you. Like from southern Georgia. All of you. We always thank God for all of you mentioning you. In our prayers, I want you to circle two things in that verse in your Bible. Circle the word, thank. And the second word, prayers. You see, these are two spiritual priorities that cannot be absent from our life. They're essential building blocks in our life. And you'll see how that works. Now, prayer. Talking to God. Listening to God. Praying for myself. Praying for others. Prayer. How many of you would love to know that your friends and family are constantly praying for you? Anybody here? Yeah. We like people praying for us. Remember what we just finished? Prayer culture? We had all those prayer requests, thousands of prayer requests people put in. And we'd walk around the building, and we began praying for these people. Now, if you're like me, here's what you discovered. Sometimes we come, and we were feel a little sorry for ourselves. And then you read some of these needs. And you go, God, forgive me. Oh, man. those! Am I hearing you right? That's exactly right. God, help me. Look at these people. And so it was good for them because they knew we were doing what? Praying for them and their needs. Now, can I just say thank you for coming to prayer culture and doing that? Thousands of you came during those 10 days. It's just a wonderful thing to do what God's asking us to do, to pray. Now, the Bible not only commands us to pray, but notice what it says, for other people. Here's what 1 Timothy 2.1 says from Paul. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people, believers, unbelievers. Ask God to help them. Here's a word. We're going to talk about it. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them, So you see prayer again, and you see thanks again. You see it combined. Those two things Paul was always talking about. See, when we pray, we're communicating with God. He's our real helper. We're talking to someone, God, who hears and understands us. And when we pray to God, he feels our joy. He understands our excitement. But he also feels our pain, and our sorrow. One of my favorite verses in the Bible speaks about a God that we pray to. Aren't you glad today? Remember remember how excited these pagans were. Now, the pagans, and I, my wife and I have been to Asia so many times, and I'm not making fun of the people in Asia, but it's so sad. You go, and they're lighting their incenses. They're bringing their gifts. They're weeping, seriously weeping like crazy, Praying to an idol. It just breaks my heart. So here are these brand new Christians who have a living God to pray to. And Paul's going, way to go. Wonderful. That's really great. Notice this word interceding. Here's my favorite verse. God is our refuge and strength. An ever-present help in time of trouble. Is God present in this service this morning? Yeah. I know because I've been doing this for so many years. There's a select group of you. You need help. You look fine, but you're hurting. This verse is for you this morning. Ask God for help. Ask God for help. He's a very present help in time of your trouble. Oh, Pastor Mark, he doesn't know what's going on. Oh, he knows everything that's going on. Nothing's hidden from our God. Be encouraged this morning. Be encouraged this morning. That verse is for many of you. God gave it to you. Now, what does this intercession mean? What does intercession mean? It simply means this, praying for others. To intercede is actually to stand in the gap between those that are in need. I like the way this is put. Intercession is like building a bridge between God and the people we are praying for. So here we are. We're praying for a person over there, but we're praying to God to make a bridge for them. We pray to God to minister to them, and God ministers to them. Is that amazing or what? I want to say something to you. Probably 15 months ago, Many of you that were here, those of you who knew don't know anything about it, I was really sick for a long time. You had no idea how many Sundays I came up and taught because I didn't want to show anything. I can't tell you how many times, probably 10, 20 times, I didn't know if I'd even finish the sermon. I was so sick. But every time I stepped in the pulpit, God came through. And here I am today, still going for it. Now how? You interceded for me. Thousands of you prayed for me. It's not about me. It's God being able to still use me as a 75-year-old guy who's got to zip again from God. That's because of you. No glory to me. Glory to God. And thank you today. Now, that's what intercession does. We all need help. And God is the one that provides the help for us because we intercede. Remember one day, Peter, you know, Peter quite often got in trouble. You know what I mean? Open his mouth. He's always getting in trouble. But this one wasn't Peter's fault at all. He said to the Jewish leaders, there's only one name under heaven where my person can be saved. The name Jesus. What did you say? They threw him in the jail. While he was in jail, actually the next morning, he was supposed to be killed. And the church, let me read it to you. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. See, the church met in a little home. There were no churches those days. Till the year 300, there were no church buildings. So they were in a home, the church. They're just people. They were praying. They couldn't go to the prison. They couldn't get past the prison doors. They couldn't do anything but what? Pray. And as they prayed during the night, God answered prayer you know what happened? An angel came in. He passed through the, the gates. He passed through the prison doors. He passed by all the guards, got Peter up, helped him get dressed. Come on, Pete. Here we go. Pete's going, what's on here? And he, he came out of there, and he was able to be used by God for many more years. You see, they couldn't go physically where he was. They interceded. They took a bridge. They took a bridge, and Peter walked out. And men just serve God so powerfully for so many years. Can I say this? Remember, intercessory prayer works. God speaks to people's hearts. Now, at the end of our services, we have people down front. And you might say, well, Pastor Mark, can I ever pray for myself? Of course. We're supposed to pray for ourselves. By the way, let me see if you know this. When you start praying in the morning, who is the first person you pray for? Just take your finger out. Take your finger out. Every person. Take your finger. Who is the first person you're praying for? Don't you dare say my neighbor right there. I know better than that. Who is the first person you pray for? Come on. Come on. Right here. So why does Paul say nothing wrong with praying for yourself, but we should be praying for what? Others. Hello. So we have time. You can come down. And these people will pray for you. Pray for you. they pray for intercessory prayer for somebody you know. Never, ever be ashamed of coming and being prayed for. Now, as you walk through this, you have to simply understand this. Paul writes it like this. He loved to write about prayer because he knew the power of it. Ephesians 1. I have not stopped giving, here's the word, thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Paul practiced what he taught. He just didn't teach something. He practiced it. He was always praying for the people in all the new churches. That was Ephesians, Ephesus, in the churches he planted. Now, this is a great thing. Look at the next prayer he prays. How specific it was. How unique it was. Look what he prays. Philippians chapter 1. I pray that your love will overflow more and more. And that you will keep on growing in the knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. Those two verses I could preach on for three or four weeks. That's very specific. He cared for the people. Look at all the things he talks about. And then we know from Ephesians, Paul says it like this. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers, all kinds of requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the saints. Understand, prayer is not a duty. It's a privilege. It's two-way conversation with God. Talking to God, thanking God, listening to God, what he says back to us. This is super important. We get to talk to God anytime, about anything, from anywhere. When you pray for our missionaries that are 5,000 miles away. Is that a problem for God? Zip! Right there. See, that's supernatural because it's from heaven. And remember, when we pray, it is the deciding factor in beating Satan. Do you know why the church is weak in prayer? Because Satan knows how to keep us too busy to pray. Because he knows if we do, Boom. At the end of the service, you're going to be bowing your heads and you're going to be interceding for the people who are in our campuses this morning who are not saved yet. You're going to be interceding for them just shortly. So they need to know that you love them and that you care for them. And that's going to happen. And in every service this weekend, we've had people accept Jesus Christ. Why? Because you love them. You prayed for them. Nothing interferes with intercessory prayer from God. Amen. All right. Now, second thing is thankful. Sometimes we never think about thankful with prayer. Here it is. First Thessalonians chapter one, verse two. We always thank God. See, when we thank God, what are we doing? It lets him know we appreciate him. Thankfulness in prayer has to be a normal part of our prayer life. There isn't anybody here that doesn't like somebody coming up and say to you after you've done something. Thank you. Thank you. You like it? I like it. It encourages us.
0: In today's teaching, Pastor Mark taught about some of the reasons the Apostle Paul wrote his letter to the church at Thessalonica. Paul was praising them for their spiritual growth despite the persecution they were experiencing. Paul also gave them some more instructions on how to live a godly life and become more like Jesus. He took the time to correct some of their wrong thinking about the end times. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd love to connect with you feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching prayers and thanks for a healthy, growing church. He'll be teaching about Paul's example of continual prayer for the Christians in Thessalonica. You'll learn more about Paul's attitude toward this church and how this is an example of how you should be living. Pastor Mark will be talking about the Thessalonians' attitude during their hard times. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series called Live Here Now, Then Live There Forever. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: In a hurry